0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1238. To me,
1: everything's about having fun and what you do. This
0: is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Green. Join me at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, this March 16th and 17th at the Orange County Fair and Events Center. I'll be the Celebrity Stage MC, conducting live interviews with past Cars Yard guests including Adam Carolla, the Grand Marshal, Dave Kindig from Bitchin' Rides, Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, Mark Warman from Graveyard Cars, Mike Finnegan from Roadkill, Bogey from All Girls Garage, Big Mike, Import Tuner and Builder, and Lynn St. James, an iconic race car driver. I hope I'll see you at the Classic Otter Show. For more information, go to theclassicottershow.com. That's theclassicottershow.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful, sunny Florida, Jay Quayle. Hey, Jay, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Buckled up and ready to go vertical.
0: All right, here we go. (laughs) Jay Quayle is the Executive director of the Classic Car Club of America, known as the CCCA, where he has been a member for over 35 years. Jay has held this position since his appointment in 2008 and oversees the day-to-day operations from their Chicago headquarters. Jay also sits on the CCCA and CCCA Education Foundation Board of Directors, ex officio. He is a member of numerous automotive organizations, including the Lincoln Owners Club Society of Auto Historians, Worldwide automotive professionals and the Association of Nonprofit Executive Directors. Jay's passion and years of experience is in pre-war cars built uh, prior to 1939. He's a master judge in the CCCA and judges at numerous concours events around the country. And a majority of his career prior to joining the CCCA or when he was a member, even was as investment banking and financial equities, where he retired back in 2003. So, Jay, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for, for automobiles and old automobiles?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, my first classic car ride was at five days old. Uh, my dad thought it would be a great idea to come pick up my mom and I at the hospital on a 1928 Lincoln Dual Calo um, Cool. which sounds like a lot of fun, but it was January. And it was Toronto, Canada. Uh, But it just happened, (laughs) and that's a fully fully open Fayette car. But uh, it turned out to be a nice day, and uh, I was swaddled up in the back with my mom and came home in that car. Ironically, that car still sits in my garage, and I look at it every day when I walk out and get into my daily driver, and it reminds me of my classic car roots. Um, I've literally been around the hobby uh, since day one.
0: Man, that's an awesome story. I don't think I've ever heard a story like that before. Now, your mom obviously knew your dad well, but when he pulled up in that car on that cold January day, did she go, what are you thinking?
1: Did not surprise her a bit. My yeah, dad was yeah. My dad was uh, what you would loosely call a character, flamboyant and always, always wanting to have fun. And uh, it made it great growing up as an only child, but uh, also instilled this... Uh, Tremendous passion in me for um, for automobiles,
0: new, old, or uh, in between. Very nice. Ah, what a heartwarming story. I love it, especially as we we sit here in the winter time. And I know I know you're in <laughs> Florida today, but your your home base is in a place that's got a lot of snow right now. So uh, we'll just uh, we'll just leave you in Florida where you can uh, get a little tan and uh, enjoy the open top cars a little bit more before the spring thaw comes. Hopefully, it'll come <laughs> soon for a lot of this country. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Jay, take the wheel.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's very simple, and I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but to me, everything's about having fun and what you do. I worked in a very stressful career after college for 25 years as an equity trader, and um, high-stress job during the market hours, but the moment that the market closed, there was nothing more I could do about uh, about my day's activity. And so rather than carrying it home with me, um, I turned to the hobby, I turned to cars, and always wanted just to have fun, just enjoy myself in, in, behind the wheel of a car. There's just something about that that takes away the stress of uh, of the world around you. And I've always, always felt that
0: way. You know, it's very cool. Um, I think for cars and getting out in the garage, what's great about it is it, it's in essence a therapy. Is that how you looked at it? It's a way for you to take your focus off of the stress of your day and focus on something else because you got to pay attention to what you're doing when you're working on a car, right? Right.
1: You know, and I take it a little bit more philosophical than that. Um, again, as I mentioned, as an equity trader, you're not really creating anything other than wealth for someone. You know, you're moving numbers basically from one side of a balance sheet to the other. But I never really saw any, I never saw the stock certificates, I never saw the money. You know, you're just, you're you're playing a video game theoretically. And when you work on an automobile and you turn a wrench or you polish a radiator or you do whatever you do, there's something to step back and take a look at and say, I did this, I made this better, I created something here. And I never got that in my day to day work. So um, for me, it was uh, a tremendous draw to be able just to be hands on with the automobile.
0: Yeah. And what's great, too, is you took it many more steps higher than that, getting involved in the CCCA, being an integral part of that club. And, um, Advancing all these uh, these old cars and the stories with these old cars into your life—that must have been very rewarding, and still is today, right?
1: Oh yeah, very much so. You know, I was um, I was a CCCA member um, basically my whole life. I mean, I officially joined and started getting you know the benefits of membership right after college. But my father was a member um, since day one, and so I participated in activities—a bulk of our social. Um, activities were revolved around classic car events and old car events. And that's where I made my friends. And so it, it became kind of a fabric of my life. So when I joined CCCA, it was just to you know, keep those friendships up, stay involved, stay connected. But I did obviously have to have a real career. When that was over and I retired, I was having a great time just taking cars to shows and driving around. And a few individuals said to me, Hey, we want to get you more involved in this club, and uh, we need an executive director. And guess what? We're going to throw your hat into the ring. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, you know, I I said, okay, that's great, but there's only one condition: it's got to be just on a part-time basis because you know I'm I still need my time with my family and uh, and yeah. outside activities and. What I guess I didn't realize is we never defined part-time, because I think for the Classic Car Club, it's about 80 hours a week, and in my mind, it was yeah. a lot less. But it's been yeah. uh, really a labor of love, and uh, uh, it's been an exciting time, actually, the last 10 years, because we, you know, from a technology standpoint, we really, really improved. And um, what I learned very early on was that people who, look, who collect cars in the Classic Car Club from 1915 to nineteen 19- 48. They have a tendency to maybe live in that era also. So um, cell phones and uh, internet and email are all things that are uh, are foreign uh, to a lot of our members. I mean, I, we still only have about 85% of our members that use email. So uh, there were some challenges there. And my resolve has been to try to bring this club from more of a nuts and bolts approach to um, something that you know can be used on your cell phone and you know increase technology that you know appeal to the younger generations that you know are, are way more adept at this stuff.
0: Absolutely. I notice on your website you have a new site section and a legacy site section. So I see that transitioning happening there, but I think it's great because you're right, young people they operate on a whole different level of uh, how they access information. It's all in their hands now of course and, and being able to provide them with that avenue of direction and exploration through the CCCA is a very, very wise choice to keep this this car hobby going, especially for the older cars. Well, you touched on this a little bit when we started with that wonderful story of your ride home from the hospital at five (laughs) days old. But I, I'd love to have a story shared with us about your passion for cars and a pivotal moment in your life when you knew, just like dad, you were a car guy.
1: Well, I think it was, um, you know, the day I got behind the wheel legitimately for myself. Um, I grew up in Iowa, so we could drive at 14, even though you couldn't drive with by yourself until you were 16. I've been driving cars since that age. And, uh, you know, of course, a lot of people tease me and say I was driving tractors a lot earlier than that. But (laughs) the, um, I think that was the pivotal moment is the fact that you kind of get behind the wheel. You have you have control of your own destiny. Uh, suddenly, um, your uh, environment is not limited to just uh, where you can ride your bike or where you can take the bus to, but you can go wherever you want. And uh, uh, for me, that was a, a, a big feeling of independence. And I, you know, I never forgot that. I always carried that on. I always turned to getting behind the wheel as a way to reduce stress or kind of forget about the issues of the world or maybe just have a good time. Uh, There were many, many weekends in my life where I'd wake up on a Saturday morning and say, what the heck do I have to do, okay? When I get that done, I'm going to take a drive and I don't know where it's going to be or where I'm going to end up or uh, even in what car I'm going to take it in. But um, I always try to make it a point to get out, even in uh, in inclement weather. It's always fun just for me, just to kind of uh, be one with your thoughts.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Awesome. Well, this next question is a great one because I like to ask my guests about challenges or failures, either in their life or business, whatever you want to share. But of course, the most important part of facing these things are the learning lessons, what they teach us. So walk us through a situation you found yourself in and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career your business, and your life.
1: Well, I think, uh, I think I'd think i like to, to go the challenges route because um, I'm the type of person that's driven and I do have focus um, on goals, especially that I set for myself. And sometimes you get to a point where you become complacent. And for me, the challenges were many. And uh, just developing a list and going through the list, of things that need to accomplish, breaking down what it is, the goal that you want to reach and, uh, moving through it. And I do that every day with the classic car club. Uh, I have to admit, I think the biggest challenge that's in front of me now is that how do I, um, increase membership in a car club where, um, you know, we're losing more members than we're gaining due to age and to, it's you know, death. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hate to say the word, but, um, Gosh, it's it's really tough when our when our editor says to me, "Hey, we're going to have to cut down on the explains uh, to we're going to have to cut down on the obituaries to two or three sentences because, you uh, are just taking up too much space, and that's oh, a very, yeah. that's a huge challenge. And yeah, I'll be honest, the Classic Car Club gets a lot of new members every year, lots of them. We're just losing more than we're getting. And so the challenge there is: where do we go? How do we get this next generation involved, or even the current generation that is unaware of us? And with that challenge, you know, I've 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 tried to create some answers to that. I know that they're not the uh, the end all, but I'm hoping that that some of these initiatives that we're starting to take, like the internet, like the, like the uh, the web page redevelopment, will start to. To draw attention to um, a greater audience, and that's really what we need. I mean, ten years ago, we wouldn't even—I didn't even know what Facebook was—and uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we now have over ten thousand followers on our Facebook yeah. page, and it grows every day. You know, that creates an awareness. Obviously, the need for the uh, the new web page is, I think, a big, big plus. We established our presence on the web with our current web with our current web page or what we call our our heritage web page or our uh, legacy,
0: legacy page. page yeah yeah, legacy exactly. page. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but what we what what we recognize now after you're there you know you're in the pool and now you're treading water is you know how do i make some progress with this how do i quantify this how do i reach a bigger audience and so yep. we realized that we needed to redevelop and rethink how we Present ourselves to the world via our website, and so with that, we've created a much more dynamic site. More, you know, the ability to use video. Uh, you know, our our classified advertising section or the e-commerce section is far more substantial than what we had before, and we realize that that's very critical. Also, the historical aspect, you know, the information flow. People come to our site every day. We get hundreds of hits from uh, exclusive locations that are are new, you know, that we, that we don't know exist. I think 68 different countries at one point, one month, I saw a few months ago that we had hits from. They're all looking for information. Um, they go to our information pages and we have rock star numbers. They will sit on those pages for five or 10 minutes. Now, in the internet world, that's a lifetime.
0: <laughs> it's a uh, long time. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, we're, you know, we're trying to do what we can to keep people there. But not only that, give them what they're looking for. And uh, information seems to be the, the key to getting people interested in the cars. The more they learn, the m- more they want information, the more they want to know the stories behind the cars. And um, it just kind of flows downhill from there. And we're hoping that that will translate into additional membership, especially with the younger generations.
0: Well, I think it will. You know what comes to mind? I saw an advertisement the other day for the Army, and they've been having real problems recruiting 19 to 24-year-olds, which is their target for bringing young people into the Army. And a couple of Army guys decided to create kind of a rap song Army recruiting video that went completely viral. They're using it now as a recruiting tool. And at first, when I watched it, I thought, this kind of hokey, seeing army guys dance and rap. But at the same time, I go, well, wait a minute. I'm an old guy. It's not going to appeal to me. They don't want me anyway. I'm too old for them. But the young folks, it it caught their eye and made them think, oh, well, that might be an alternative for me to join the, the military and create a career and learn some things. Because, you know, it's not all just going off to war and fighting. There's a whole bunch of things in the military you can learn and do and all this. So I think well, I don't think. I know you're on a good path there. And the other part of it, of course, is exposing these vehicles to young people. I started taking my son to Pebble Beach when he was around seven, eight years old. And he's been there what, 18 years plus now. And wow. I remember so many times I looked around. He was the only kid on the lawn. Mm-hmm. There just were no children there. And he would walk up to a car and go, this is a car? Wait, when is this made? <laughs> well, 1919 oh my gosh, this is crazy, it's cool. And he really fell in love with brass era cars. That kind of became his his passion mark because they were just so different. And the idea of these flickering little lights in a lantern as a headlight, just, you know, he thought, man, this is like incredible. So I think you're on a good path. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully too, uh, through this show, through some of my younger listeners, they're going to find some interest in Classic Car Club of America because it's a great resource for sure. Well, what about you? And I know you've had some cool cars, you have some cool cars, but what was your first really special car, that first cool car that you got that had a lot of meaning for you?
1: Well, I'll tell you, when I was 16, uh, my dad said to me, what kind of car do you want? And he said, you know, we can go out and get a good used car or what, you know, just nothing, you know, nothing dangerous, obviously, was out of his mouth. But uh, I actually said, Dad, you know, you have a 1948 Chevy Woody station wagon in the back of the garage over there that hasn't run and remember he was pulling, helping you pulling pulling it out of, from behind a barn about five years ago i'd rather i'd really like to get that up and running and drive that and he said sure go right ahead and that cool. was my special car um it was uh it was big it could, i could haul around at least 15 of my friends um it wasn't anything to look <laughs> at but it certainly was um it certainly was a, a subject of conversation. I, I remember, you know, kids used to come up to me, you know, everyone knew where my car was. Everyone knew where it was yeah. parked in the parking lot because you could see this thing from the moon if you wanted to. It was so big. And yeah. kids would say, hey, it's raining outside. You, should, you know, Be careful. Your car might warp. Or um, <laughs> I, I saw somebody carving their initials in the back of your car or something like that. It yeah. made good fun. But what it made me realize was if you have something different and you drive something as you know, mundane every day as an automobile, you know, people do pay attention of it. And it does, it was the first time I really realized that cars become an extension of their personality. So for me, I've always liked original cars. I've always, I've always tried to drive something that's at least 25 years or older. And, um, you know, that's my personality. You know, I mean, I just, uh, I, I always harken back to simpler times or at least try to.
0: Yeah. What fun. Well, here's here's always the tear-in-the-eye question. Do you have any seller's remorse about maybe one car you let go you wish you hadn't? <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's funny, but I don't. I know that that sounds crazy because I know that if you sell a car, you can always go buy it back. Gosh, I have so many friends that have said that. I owned that once for 10 years, and then I sold it and decided I wanted it back and paid twice as much for it. But boy, am I happy that I did so. I look at cars all differently, and I like all different types of cars, even though that my, you know, my wheelhouse is classic car club of America. I really enjoy all cars, and um, once I have a car for a while and I decide to sell it, it's always a conscious decision, and it's always, what I do is I play a game with myself and say, okay, I'm going to get rid of this one, one of my old favorites, but here's the next one I want to buy. And so that always replaces it with the next one. Um, it just is. I've never really had much remorse in selling a car because figure you can always go get it back. And for me, it's always looking forward. It's always looking through the windshield rather than looking in the rearview mirror. Is what you want?
0: Yeah, I like that saying a lot. You know, and a lot of it is we don't we're not on this planet for very long. So why not explore a lot of different vehicles, right? Oh and my uh, gosh, you
1: know, no doubt about you know, it. Yeah, you yeah, get stuck with one more than, and it's very rare that I find a car that I don't have fun with in some way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, you'll surprise yourself sometimes. And you mentioned it earlier, when you join a car club or a group, you can go out and learn a lot more about different cars that you never knew you might fall in love with. Mm-hmm. But be careful, because you probably will. So, uh, Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Get out there and explore a lot of things. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up this year with the Classic Car Club of America. You touched on a few points here, but... Why should people go and investigate Classic Car Club of America, CCCA? Why should they join? What's in it for them and what has you excited about the organization as their director?
1: Well, you know, I think we do a lot of things. Um, we think out of the box and we try to be very proactive with our members, very welcoming. We do like to point out the fact that you don't need to own a classic car to enjoy the Classic Car Club of America. And I'll give you two real concrete examples. One would be we have a very extensive judging program, and you don't need to own a car to become a judge of classic era automobiles. We have an extensive training program. We have online manuals. We even have an online test so you can move up in the ranks and, and uh, um, go from an associate judge to an accredited judge to a master judge. And what that does is it allows the individual, young or old, we start judging as early as 16 years old, Young or old, it allows the individual to get around the car, to look underneath the hood, to, to get intimate with the car, get in, you know, look underneath the dash, spend time with an automobile that at a normal concours or car show, you would just walk by, maybe take a picture, maybe ask the owner a question or two, but not ever get a chance to really go through the car and understand exactly what it is. And that's what our judging program does. We look at not only the mechanicals, of an automobile, but we also look at the appearance of an automobile. And we're very positive about it. You know, judging can have a negative connotation, but our, our feeling is, is that every car is 100 points. Every car should look like it did when it came from the factory when you took delivery of it. And when we judge it, if we find something that isn't quite there, we give you suggestions rather than deductions. We give you suggestions as to how it can go back to that to that ultimate goal of having a car that looks like it did when it when it was delivered and that's really what we're after so we keep our judging positive it's an all ages type of endeavor and uh, we find that 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 people really enjoy it and especially if they don't have a car or don't have the wherewithal at this particular point to own one of these automobiles they get a chance to um, to be around it. The, the other thing that we do, and we encourage a lot, is that we have a number of tours every year. We call them caravans, where we tour various <laughs> parts of the country, and we're literally all over the world. We were in New Zealand last year, and we were uh, at Hershey, Pennsylvania for 10 days. This year, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and we're also in the lower Hudson Valley. A couple of years ago, we went from Times Square to the Golden Gate Bridge in three weeks at about wow. fifty miles at about fifty miles an hour, so that's a long trip. <laughs> that's cool, but yeah. But what we do is we encourage people to invite others to ride along with them if they would like to. Um, this Hudson Valley caravan I can't be on, but I have a good friend in Charlotte who said he wanted to go and he's thinking about buying a classic car, and so I, I'm loaning him a car. I said you can take my car and you can drive it for a week and see if see if you really like this. Um, yeah. You know, it's a it's a chance to kind of test drive the lifestyle. And um, I'm not unusual on that. A lot of our members are like that. When you become a member of a social organization like this, that's dedicated to these cars, you find out that these people are very, very impassioned, and uh, many of them that will do um, will do almost anything to make sure that their their friends in the club can have a good time.
0: Cool. Very, very cool. I remind our listeners: if you want to learn more or join, go to the Classic Car Club dot org i believe is the website it's very easy Correct, to find yeah. i'll put, put i'll put a link on jay's show notes page here on the cars yeah website jay up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors what's the worst thing for your car's interior no it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat it's the sun harmful uv rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays, while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator. And you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. At carsyat.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the carsyat yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the carsyat yeah TV show? That's right, carsyat yeah is now on Mav TV. I visit some of the past carsyat yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy carsyat yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Jay, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you had been manifested into a car parked in your garage, what kind of car would Jay be in why?
1: (laughs) Oh, boy, you know, that's a tough one. I, I, I will admit that I have always been a fan of the late 20 Bentleys. Um, you know, Mm. the, the, the big four and a half liter Bentleys with the turbocharger on the front, they were, they were never, they were never in my garage. They were all, you know, they look like they're going a hundred miles an hour, just sitting, you know, the bicycle fenders and the, the rake of the car. And it almost has a lean forward to it. And it's iconic in racing posters and, in you know, late twenties, early thirties, Le Mans and other races. And, uh, I guess I've. I've never been able to afford one, but I've always, always wanted one of those. How long I would keep it, I don't know. Probably yeah. forever, but I'm not afraid of an open car, and I'm not afraid of a fast car, and I'm not afraid of a relatively simple car. And I, it hits on all three of those things, but it's just got this great uh, racy look to it that um, yeah. uh, that I'm kind of drawn to.
0: So you'd come back as an actual car. One of the Bentley boys had some fun in, I think <laughs> that sounds like. The well, right, maybe, the right, time. Maybe
1: maybe I can convince my ki- one of my kids to name their uh, name a, an upcoming grandchild W O or something like that. You know, oh,
0: to, there you go, just to kind of carry that on. Why not? Well, that sounds cool. Very cool. Well, here we are entering what I call the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and give have you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Hmm. Um, Make sure it's in gear or your parking brake is set when you turn off your car.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, you know what comes to mind is that classic that was, I forget no, the show,
1: it that was rolled into head. that
0: pond. Yeah, It was head.
1: and it was Ralph Marano and uh, yeah, what yeah, a horrible, horrible situation. But I'll tell you what, that's exactly why you need to follow that advice. Leave it in gear yes. and make sure the brake is set.
0: Yeah. Ralph's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah. Oh, that was tragic. Oh, I just hated to see that. Oh, it makes your stomach turn.
1: He actually did have it re-restored. And uh, the car is uh, it looks as, as great as it did it, uh, when it was parked on the lawn down at, at
0: Hilton Head that year. That was only a couple of years ago. Tough way to wash a classic car, that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding. Would you, not to make light of that at all. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Well, I'm, I, I like to stay focused. I write things down. I make lists. I use spreadsheets. I try to keep things in front of me. Um, and I I like to put one foot in front of the other when I have a goal in mind. Going back to that mantra, I, I'd like to keep it fun, too. I try to have fun with everything I do and try to figure out a way to have fun with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you a finance guy that uses spreadsheets? Hmm, never thought of thought. <laughs> uh, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find uh, particularly uh, or that you are fond of, I should say?
1: Um, you know, it's my resource is actually people. You know, yeah, I yeah. ask a lot of questions and I get around a lot of car people throughout the course of the year. And if there's anything that I really want to know or anything that I'm curious about or want to learn about, I go right to the expert and I ask them. In this day and age, when I see people walking around and viewing a live event through their phone, you know, it just, it it makes me shudder because I think you can put that phone down and you can walk up to that owner and you can ask him or her, him or her, you know, the question that you want answered, where did you get this car? How much does it cost? Yeah. I hear that a lot. And and so for me, I guess the biggest resource is personal interaction.
0: You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'll tell you some, a little story here. My son is now grown up. He's 25. He's got a great job. And one of the things he's always told me, he said, Dad, you taught me something really valuable when you took me to all those car shows. You taught me to walk up to somebody, introduce myself, look them in the eye, ask them about their car and ask them about their business and then be quiet and listen. Uh He said that has helped him so much, not only in landing the great job he has, but also in moving through the ranks where he's working and how he communicates with people. And he's been told over and over again for a young person. He's an excellent communicator, and a big part of that is just being an excellent listener, right? Just listen to people.
1: I think that's really important. You know, when I have my kids sit in the same room and they text each other, um, you know, it makes me just <laughs> yeah. shake my head, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, I'm not saying that my kids are, are like that at all in any sense of the imagin- imagination, but um, you're exactly right. I mean, you know... Personal communication skills are probably the most important thing that you can have in life. And I don't care if it's in business or, in, you know, in activities or hobbies or just, you know, just as you navigate through life. It's just very important to be able to look somebody in the eye and, and give them a firm handshake and say please and thank you and listen to what they have to say.
0: Absolutely. And my key point there is car shows are a tremendous place to teach your children how to be great communicators mm-hmm. because I guarantee you anybody any age walks up to a guy or a woman with a car and asks them about that car they will get an earful of information (laughs) oh yeah that's the whole reason they're there again there's no doubt about that yeah is to share now if i could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased who would it be
1: i thought a lot about that and about that question you can edit that part out i think it would be henry ford Um, because I, I really think that, that he had a vision and it wasn't necessarily an engineering vision, but it was an ability to maybe put together other people's ideas and create a product that was beneficial to everyone. Um, if you stop and think about how he changed the world and how the early Fords, uh, changed the way we do business, the way we live our lives going from horseback to mobile. Um, it just—it's fascinating, and I—I I, would—I'd I'd love to have ten minutes with him. But I'd also like to have another ten minutes with Edsel Ford because Edsel is more in my wheelhouse, where he's second generation. So he's taking everything that his father learned and trying to advance it. And I think it would be interesting to talk to him also. Wouldn't
0: it be great to sit at a table with both those gentlemen and just oh, yeah. listen to what they it could really, share really with you. Would. Wow, that'd be fantastic. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read as well?
1: You know, um, my favorite author in the automotive world is Beverly ray Times. She was uh, um, an editor for Automobile, Automobile Quarterly for, for 25 years, starting in the 60s up through the 80s. And she was actually the editor of our classic car magazine for um, close to 20 years. And she wrote many, many books. And the books that she wrote are factual. Um, she was a tremendous researcher and a historian, and she wrote, wrote in a very interesting way one book called The Classic Era that, that she authored, took year by year from 1925 up to 1942, basically between World War One and World War Two. took every year, described in each chapter, described what was going on in the world at that particular time, and then talked about the automobiles during that period. Lots of great pictures. Lots of history, lots of interesting little facts. And to me, that's what kind of keeps things going in the hobby for me is not not so much about the car, because it is what it is, but about the stories behind the cars, how they got to be where they were, who owned them, um, you know, who aspired to them, who designed them. Those are all things that are really interesting to me. And it's all kind of wrapped up into that one book called The Classic Era.
0: Great book. And, uh, Beverly's uh, last name is R-A-E, second word K-I-M-E-S, Beverly Ray Kimes. Yes, indeed. Uh, great writer, great author. And that book is absolutely fantastic. If you have a automotive library, that one deserves to be on your shelf. I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources. Jay's been so kind to share on his Carja yeah show notes page. Just go to carja.com, type in Jay Quayle and all those interesting facts and in- Information will pop right up for you. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And I like saying this to you. I say it to all my guests. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter who owns it or where it is, I'm going to buy it for you, park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game here that make it very challenging. Uh, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So the little trick is off the table. Uh, You have to drive it, but I don't think that's a problem for you. I'm not into garage queens here at Cars Yeah, and it's the only collector car you can have parked in your garage, which makes things a little more challenging. So what's it going to be? Oh, boy, that's a good one.
1: Well, you know, I think I'm going to have you buy me a uh, 21-window Volkswagen
0: bus from the early 60s. Okay, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. The dogs <laughs> are sleeping with cats. Something's gone wrong in the well, universe. Let me tell you Everything's what. misaligned.
1: <laughs> let me tell you something, wh- reason why, is because, okay. one, this is one of those cases is that you always, you always want something that you can't have or that you don't have, and that is something yeah. that I really have always wanted, but more so is that some very important words were spoke to me by, spoken to me by my grandfather, who said, uh-huh. never buy a car that you can't sleep in. And he had I always thought that those were very good words because you never know when things are going to go south. So if I had a 21 window bus, I could travel the country and uh, and not have to worry about where I was going to spend the evening.
0: Yeah, you're going to be traveling a little slow, but that's okay. You'll be in style and you'll have a big smile on your face. Boy, you completely baffled me with that one. I had, I mean, you know, every once in a while, people just throw me off with that question. I kind of know where they're going. I, I think I've figured them out by this point in our discussion, but you threw me a left hook there that I did not see coming. So, uh, <laughs> kudos to you, but you know, awesome. Of course, uh, I was born in. I'm just being honest. I
1: mean, that is exactly well, that's exactly what I think I would want. I would really have fun with
0: that. Oh yeah, no doubt you would. I I, I love it. I think it's great uh, being a, a kid that grew up in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Uh, those things were just kind of, you know, fun back then. And of course now they become pricey, expensive collector cars, but they're still, you know, not as outlandish as something that's a quarter million, half million or something much higher than that. So they're somewhat attainable. And, uh, and they're certainly fun. I got to drive one of those when I was uh, shooting one of my Cars yeah, TV shows last month at Joey Giordano's Straight Up Dubs shop, which was pretty cool. He had a few of them parked there and let me take oh, one for a ride.
1: You know, I was just going to say that's really neat. I mean, it's an instant parade when you drive one of those. You cannot drive up to somebody and sit ne- sit next to them at the light without them turning to you and just smiling. And yeah. And there is nothing like that pull up to that same light in a yellow Lamborghini and you sit there and rev it, they won't give you eye contact. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter how long you sit there, or how long you are loud. Yeah. you are. And uh, to me, yeah. that, you know, it's, the fun factor is just off the charts.
0: Yeah. Old cars. That's, that's, it always brings a smile. Uh, most definitely. Well, Jay, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible life's journey around classic cars. Before uh, we part here and before we head off into the sunset, could you share maybe a parting word of wisdom or guidance before you scuttle away in that 21-window VW bus?
1: Well, Mark, I I think my mantra is to, or I know my mantra is to have fun in whatever you do. And if it's going and looking at cars or it's driving cars or it's showing cars or it's judging cars, there's a certain amount of, of fun that you can have with uh, with anything involved with automobiles. And um, they, they are a big part of the fabric of our lives. So um,
0: enjoy. Get out there and have some fun. And again, yeah. the best way for listeners to learn more about the CCCA, the Classic Car Club of America, is go to www.classiccarclub.org. I encourage you to join or be a part of or at least investigate this organization. It's not just a bunch of old guys with old cars. It's right. True enthusiasts who really want to preserve these vehicles for the next stewardship, the next ownership of these these things so they can be around forever and ever. And I want to thank uh, Stuart Sobeck, founder of the new Las Vegas Concours that's taking place later this year. He was a guest on my show. He's the one that introduced me to Jay. Jay, I feel like I kind of already know you because I've <laughs> seen you on the lawn at Pebble for the last 30 years I've been going. I should have gone up and shaken your hand. So now I will next time we're on the lawn together. Thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your many wonderful experiences with the listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I look forward to seeing you, too. Absolutely. You take care of your cars.